Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the St. Basil the Great Catholic Church Brecksville podcast. I am here and we are doing a special episode to just reach out to our listeners who are at home. We wanted to connect with you and let you know we're thinking about you and praying for you. And I got a special guest who wanted to reach out to you as well. And that is Father John. Hello, Tommy. And <laughs> hello. Hello, everyone in the parish. Yeah. And all around the world, get some listens in strange countries. Sometimes it's very interesting. So we're going to continue this podcast, uh, especially of the Mass. And we had 399 downloads on the podcast yesterday, our biggest day in history. We've been doing this for a year with all kinds of talks and homilies and audio Bible, things like that. So if you have not already subscribed to this, if you're just listening on the internet webpage, you should go into the podcast app in your phone or tablet and search for St. Basil Church Brexville and subscribe. And that way you'll get a notification when we put out a new episode. We also know a lot of you checked out our Facebook live stream of the Mass, and we're going to try and do that again this week, and the link should be on our parish website. And a huge shout out to former Life Teen members, Miles Rapkin and Mike Church. They brought in their own equipment and made that live stream happen, and it was just such a great uh, such a great opportunity, and we're so helpful for the, so thankful for their generosity. All right, Father John, you were gone for a couple days because you were on vacation, but it yes. was not a great vacation, was it? Or what? it was kind of a bust. Yes. Well, at least my travel plans were completely sunk last week. Um, I was off from about the tenth of March, Monday through Friday of last week, and I wanted to travel someplace warm. But something on Sunday evening a week ago and Monday morning as I was going to book a ticket just held me back from clicking on purchase reservation <laughs> because the the virus that was going around, the coronavirus, was causing not so much problems on planes. I wasn't a, a fearful of a plane or flying. I was concerned about actually getting back to Brexville, whether yeah. I'd be able to return to my ministry or whether Father Walt and our parish staff would need my help sometime during the week. So. Mm -hmm. Long story short, I vacationed in beautiful Wadsworth, Ohio, <laughs> with Bonnie and Paul Mulholland, my parents. Your parents. Yes. That's awesome. So what uh, – usually when a priest goes on vacation, what is that like? Do you do you go incognito and no one, no one knows you're a priest or how do you spend that time? Because you're busy here yes. at the parish. So are you just relaxing or what? Well, first of all, it, it is a vacation. Everyone should have a vacation. My family doctor, when I was a kid, used to tell my parents that in order for to have good health and not become too stressed, too sick, too tired, especially if you're raising kids, you need to take a week, at least a week a year, a couple weeks a year to get away from your job and your um, the everyday life to just have a change and a place to rest. However, I will say, though, that uh, when I take a vacation from the parish – and from Brexville here at St. Basil's, I'm not taking a vacation from my vocation. Um, none of us, whether we're married people or priests or religious, we can never run away from our vocation. We take that with us when we go to rest or, or have 
some rest and relaxation. So I offer mass, I pray. Um, it's a great time for me to recharge my spiritual batteries, to do some reading, to go to confession, um, to take walks, and no matter where I go. So usually I try to go to an interesting place that I've never been to for a while or before. Um, I try to travel. But like I said, you know, the vacation last week wasn't really a bust. It was uh, a nice time to reconnect with my family. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And the Lord, in his wisdom, programs weekly rest even with the Sabbath. He knows we need He knows we need that rest. Yes. So last week and right now, what reminders are you giving yourself in, in the midst of this coronavirus thing to keep yourself centered and grounded and calm? Yeah, that's a great question. I'd like to just share with some people some of the <clears throat> things I have um, been thinking about during the last few days. Remember, the coronavirus didn't really, we didn't really have a reported case in Cleveland, I think, until like Wednesday of last week. So it's amazing to me how quickly we have been drawn into the center of this after, you know, less than a week ago, um, we weren't really, if you're like me, you weren't really paying 100% attention to it. The first thing I do is, and I would recommend this, you might say prayer and faith are number one, but actually, I think in a time of a crisis or a sudden event like this, the first thing to do is to try to slow down and think, to think a little bit through it, um, especially when you're feeling afraid. The first casualty of fear is wisdom and prudence. They fly out the mm -hmm. window. So once you've had a chance to maybe digest what's being said or you hear the news about something uh, dangerous or something unexpected or unprecedented having – First, think a bit, think about it a little bit. What does this mean? What is the real risk? How serious is this? Am I directly affected or am I not really at risk? Um, I like that. The first casualty of fear is prudence and wisdom. Right. But then act out of faith. Um, one of the things we learn on our spiritual journey is what is the opposite of fear? Well, the opposite of fear isn't happiness, it isn't joy, it's not um, confidence. The opposite Courage, of fear yeah. is faith. And so once we've had a chance to think through something, then we try to act out of faith, trusting in the information that we're being given, trusting in the level of risk, trusting in what, we, what steps we can do to help others and to protect ourselves. And then lastly, out of faith and prayer, and prayer is certainly the center, and prayer is where we should take all these things to, um, to the Lord. Lastly, though, to trust that God will provide. One of the, when I was growing up as a kid in my parish, our pastor, Father Conry, his favorite saying was, God will provide. To always trust that there will be an answer, there will be um, something that will come through, Help will arrive. People will come together. This too shall pass. And God always provides. Hmm. I was listening to another podcast and they were sort of making a connection between this coronavirus thing and Lent and how coronavirus is sort of helping accomplish the job of Lent. If the job of Lent includes a little bit of awareness of our own mortality but it's also about getting back to basics, slowing down, 
mm-hmm. getting back to family. And I thought that was that was just an interesting time that this happens during our liturgical season of yeah. Lent. But mm-hmm. you mentioned you spent some time with your parents. So what advice, you know, were you giving them? Are you going to keep visiting them or how's that working? Well, my parents, like many families, are elderly. So um, they're fairly healthy, but we have to be careful that we don't unreasonably expose our family members if we are if we are out in the community uh, mingling among a lot of people. So I'm going to be limiting my visits to them. Um, we've asked as a family, we've asked our parents to not travel or not go to large gatherings, um, only go to the grocery store if absolutely necessary. Um, they have plenty of food. My mom's a great cook. They have plenty of food to last well, well more than two weeks. In fact, if anything happens, I'll probably be going to their house for dinner. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and the idea of Lent, too, is um, you, you raise a very good point about slowing down a bit. And as I said earlier, thinking through how does this affect my Lent? Um, the first thing we should not do is let this whole coronavirus and the disruptions in our work and our activities not let that push us too far off track or off our path during Lent. Um, it can be a distraction. But on the positive side, as you point out, Tommy, this is also a, a way to deeply reflect on what it means to pray, to fast, to give alms. If you think of those three areas, there are many things we can do relative to the coronavirus that involve those three things. Praying for others, fasting, not hoarding food, but giving some of our food away. Um, The sacrifices that our government and our employers and our schools and our churches are asking us to to undertake are all good sacrifices to um, face this threat of the virus as a community. And so, as you said, going back to basics, but most importantly, taking the time to think through, to pray, and use as an advantage on the positive side, use some of these disruptions and maybe the the slowing down of our work or staying home, use those as advantages to uh, grow closer to the Lord and spend more time in your Lenten uh, practices. So are your parents staying pretty up? on the news and all the updates, or are you giving that to them? Uh, That goes without saying. My parents are like a lot of parents. They have the cable TV news on way too long, way too much during the day. (laughs) And so I've asked them to keep, you know, keep on top, but just maybe turn that down a little bit, uh, especially during meals, um, especially in the morning when it's time to kind of just pray and start our day. But yeah, they, they keep, they sometimes are more in the know of some of the news than I am. Um, but also, uh, and the nice thing is we watch TV together. Um, we look for movies or documentaries or interesting things. That's one thing we can do is take this free time we have as we've slowed down our activities to look for interesting things to do and explore. Yeah, my, my daughters, they're nine years old and seven years old, and we have Disney+. Plus. And I guess Disney owns National Geographic or something. So National Geographic, a bunch of National Geographic things are on Disney Plus. And our nine-year-old Cecilia, she is, she's just getting into documentaries, which is way better than the Disney animated movies, in my opinion. Exactly. And we just watched one the other day called The Mysteries of Christ's Tomb. And they, it was just all about the, 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 uh, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and like renovating that that part, I mean, it was it was good. Yeah. We watched it as a family. 
Um, but you had a couple websites that you wanted to give out just where people can stay updated with the real, the real information. So we're recording right. this Monday. Um, yeah. Monday in the morning on March 16th. Yeah. I thought it's important to mention, um, most people may already be aware of these, but in terms of staying on top of the, uh, both the spread of the virus and also the steps that our authorities are recommending we take to protect ourselves, um, you can go to the Ohio um, Department of Health website that is updated daily, every day at 2 p.m. with statistics about the coronavirus. And that website is www.coronavirus.ohio.gov. And as of this morning, there were 37 confirmed cases in Ohio, 14 in some 14 in Cuyahoga County and two in Summit County. Another great resource with lots and lots of information about planning, protecting, dealing with, coping with, and understanding this virus outbreak is the federal government at coronavirus.gov. And um, it's a great way to go straight to the facts, to not rely on hearsay or rumors or things you see on the internet mm -hmm. and get sort of the straight scoop from the people who and the many experts, I'm just very impressed by the professionalism and expertise and the very hardworking efforts of many of the people, all the people in our state and federal government to to address this in, in a very short amount of time. Well, I'm sure some of our listeners can be starting to feel a little bit isolated. Number one, from other people, and right. number two, from the from their faith, because they could be wondering why this is happening. Or, you know, St. Basil's is just a place where we have a lot of things going on usually, but, but most of them are canceled. So we're going to talk real quick about how we can stay connected to other people, and then we'll talk about how to stay connected to our faith. But first, to stay connected to other people during this time, if you're staying at home more, number one, call a friend. Call a friend. Use this as an excuse to connect some connect with someone you haven't talked to in a while. Maybe just scroll through your contacts in your phone of your address book and pick two different people each day to call and just and to just check in. Yeah, um, you would ask about um, you know how to how to uh, whether we stay on top with news shows or watching TV and those things. Actually, instead of doing some of that, we can do things like call a friend or look up, uh, you know, find out how family members are doing in other states. Um, also, you know, staying in touch with young people. Um, we have to always remember that young people with, with less worldly experience or less years, um, this may be totally new to them and could be fearful to them. To reassure them, as as uh, older adults, we've been through 9-11, we've been through about three or four other viruses, mm -hmm. to tell them, hey, this is, we'll get through this. This is a very, a very, very short-term event uh, if, you, if you look at uh, the broad uh, scope of history. And to reassure others, you can also... Um, you know, again, using that time more effectively rather than maybe watching TV or surfing the internet, you can be an advocate for people around you. Make a list of people you know that might be in that higher risk group of elderly or persons with disabilities or persons with lack of access to a grocery store or a clinic or a hospital and make that your list of people that you're going to monitor. Not that you need to really um, interfere with their life or insert yourself too much into their life, but maybe just to keep tabs on them. And where necessary, 
if there is a crisis or if there is an urgent need, help them connect with the local health authorities or hospitals or doctors or even just connecting with a grocery store. Many um, places like Walmart and Giant Eagle have home delivery now. But for an elderly person, that may be overwhelming to figure out how to do that. So you could offer to initiate the home delivery of their groceries or something like that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I, I myself made the mistake a couple times in the past week or two uh, using words in front of my kids that I should not have. And I don't mean swear words. I mean words like survival, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that's, you know, we, we go to the store and yep. I bought a bunch of canned goods and they're like, dad, why are you buying beans? Like this must not be good. And if you think about it, quarantine, what does that mean? Does it mean you're going to a concentration camp? Yeah. Uh, you know, we have to temper what we say with explanations. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, what about if we were feeling isolated and we, we got to stay connected to our faith? Yeah, that's a great question. We, we touched a, a little bit on that in talking about Lent earlier. Um, and it's interesting, just staying abreast of the scripture readings every day. You know, yesterday at Mass, we, we proclaimed the gospel of the woman at the well how this woman had a rather turbulent life, you might say, and, and was an outsider from Israel, and yet she encountered the Lord at that well, and he promised to give her not water simply to drink, but living waters for her salvation. That dialogue of, of encountering God is a, is, can be like a metaphor or a sign of prayer, that when we encounter God in dialogue with him, he can nourish us. He can replenish us with that living water. So reflecting deeply on these gospels and the scriptures can be a great source of strength in times of crisis to improve our prayer life, to help us think through and understand that we are living in a time of the Lord's salvation and that we are saved. As Catholics, we believe we are saved in our baptism and that all will be well, that even though we have to go through the cross and all of us will go through the cross one day, God will provide. And he, the most important sustenance we can receive during these times is not just food or bottled water or hoarding supplies, but the living water of the gospel and the living bread of the sacraments and God's grace. If you like listening to podcasts, which you probably do because you're listening to this one, there is a podcast of the daily readings put out by the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops at their website, usccb.org. But you could also just search in your podcast app for that. And I like listening to those. It's only three, four, five minutes, and they have different speakers doing the readings, and they do the Sunday readings with with music. It's It's very good. But something else to do to stay connected to your faith is listen to the over 100 other episodes on this podcast. We've been doing this a little bit over a year, and we have talks and homilies and interviews and audio Bible books, all kinds of speakers, all kinds of content on a variety of different issues. So check out the other episodes on this podcast and do subscribe to it. Yeah, I'm even practicing my British accent to make things a little more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter, seven years old, talks with a British accent probably 30% of the time. So much so that she went with my sister-in-law to like a Valentine's Day party 
at a different school and sort of yeah. folded in, just like went into the Valentine's Day party. And it was a substitute wow. teacher that day. And she goes, she, Lucy talked with a British accent the entire period, 45 minutes to the point where Whoa. the teacher's like, hey, where's your niece from? Something tells me she's not just picking that up. She's hearing that from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what. Jeez. Maybe dad joking around. <clears throat> I don't know. Another thing, if you haven't heard, we've got this thing called Formed. Informed is like Netflix for Catholics, and you can sign up at our parish homepage, basilthegreat.org. And there are just so much. So, there's over 2,000 pieces of Catholic content. There's free audiobooks, free movies about saints, free documentaries, free Bible studies, free talks, all kinds of great Catholic content. And it's free for you. So you can sign up at formed.org. All right. I had a couple other points, too, about just remaining connected or staying connected with people and with our faith. I tried to kind of list out a few ideas I had of, you know, what to do during these times where you may be not able to get out much. Um, the government has issued expanded guidelines for um, receiving health care services. So if you feel you're not feeling well, first of all, you call your doctor first on the phone. Don't go running to emergency rooms. Um, which are, you know, could easily be overwhelmed. And also, if you're suffering mental or, or emotional problems or anxieties, as many of us are during sometimes of fearful news, there are additional resources being made available to call for mental health. And also just finding things to do, you know, find something interesting to learn that you've never learned before. Um, there's lots of things on the internet, music, um, just listening to the radio, finding out what stations are out there, what different programs that you like to listen to, as well as cable TV, going for walks, um, going for a drive in the car. Just remember that there are many things that we can fill our time with, writing letters, um, you know, reconnecting with friends through not just the phone, but uh, letters and, and emails and, and sharing interesting uh, parts of our lives in those ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a couple of days ago, we went to Costco, and while everyone else was buying toilet paper, we bought a basketball hoop. There you go. Because we knew our daughters were going to be home for five weeks, and the weather's getting a little better, and they should not be in the house. So they're outside playing basketball. I thought of that, too. Yesterday, I was driving through a newer, uh, a newer street in Wadsworth with those new homes that are very close to each other, and at the end of every driveway was a basketball hoop. It looked like kind of like a maze to go through, drive down that street. All right, well, we've done enough talking. Now we're going to pray. So I asked Father John to pick a psalm, and I picked a psalm too. And we're just going to read the psalm to you. Well, we're going to pray it and proclaim it, not just read it. And then Father John's going to say why he picked that one, and I'll say why I picked mine. And then we'll do some quick petitions, and then we'll be done. Okay. I chose Psalm 91. You who dwell in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shade of the Almighty, say to the Lord, my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will rescue you from the fowler's snare, from the destroying plague. He will shelter you with his pinions, and under his wings you may take refuge. His faithfulness is a protecting shield. You shall not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that roams in darkness, nor the plague that ravishes at noon. 
Though a thousand fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, near you it shall not come. You need simply watch. The punishment of the wicked you will see. Because you have the Lord for your refuge and have made the Most High your stronghold, no evil shall befall you, no affliction come near your tent. For he commands his angels with regard to you to guard you wherever you go. With their hands they shall support you, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You can tread upon the asp and the viper, trample the lion and the dragon. Because he clings to me, I will deliver him. Because he knows my name, I will set him on high. He will call upon me and I will answer. I will be with him in distress. I will deliver him and give him honor. With length of days, I will satisfy him and fill him with my saving power. Amen. Amen. Why'd you pick that one? Well, a couple different reasons. Um, it's always been a favorite of mine. Um, ever since uh, I was reading a biography of the Lutheran pastor uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who returned to Germany during the war to protest against the Nazis and mm -hmm. was put in a concentration camp or prison and ultimately executed. This psalm was read to um, Bonhoeffer and his sisters and brothers every night by their mother as a, as a comforting psalm of refuge and strength. But also, this psalm talks about, is it's declared by someone who is seeking refuge in the temple, who is seeking protection from um, evils and from illness, and is drawn close to the Lord. And that's really what we need to do, is stay close to the Lord in times of trouble. And the temple is our faith. It's Christ. We are already living members of his church, his his temple that he has built for us, built of living stones. So it's not imagining a temple. It's not imagining a place where we are safe. It's living in that safety that we already have through God's saving power. And yes, there will be calamities. There will be illnesses and things that happen in our lives. But if we trust in God's refuge and strength, like our Lord who suffered but was raised on the third day, God will lift us up. He will deliver us. Thank you. I chose Psalm 3 to pray with you right now. It is short, and there's sort of a begging attitude in it, but it also has calm and peace and trust and hope. So here's Psalm 3, and after this, Father John will lead us in some petitions, some intercessions. O Lord, how many are my foes! Many are rising against me. Many are saying of me, There's no help for him in God. But thou, O Lord, art a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cry aloud to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy hill. I lie down and sleep. I wake again, for the Lord sustains me. I'm not afraid of ten thousands of people who've set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, deliver me, O my God, for thou dost smite all my enemies on the cheek. Thou dost break the teeth of the wicked. Deliverance belongs to the Lord. 
Thy blessing be upon thy people. Amen. Wow. Why did you pick that? Oh, uh, well, breaking the teeth of the wicked is a very strong image, <laughs> and it shows how strong the Lord is and almighty. And I like the part about lying down and sleeping. And when you wake again, boom, right there. It's because the Lord has sustained you through the night, and he's ready to provide for us again for another day. That's really interesting. We both picked psalms that are often prayed at the end of the day before going to bed. Mm-hmm. As for protection. And the other wonderful thing I've felt in, in hearing yours and, and mine is the Psalms are such a rich source of prayer um, that address almost every situation in life from joy and happiness and achievement and, and crowning glory to all the way to the depths of illness, suffering, despair, war, and that they all reflect one thing, and that is faith in our good and loving God. All right, let us pray. Father, we lift people up in our prayers today, all those who are encountering difficulties uh, with illness, with uh, their jobs, with uh, all the disruptions and changes uh, as a result of the precautions our country is taking to protect from the coronavirus. We pray especially for these people um, that we name and, and that we are holding in our hearts. Tommy, do you have anybody you'd like to add? Just pray for all our older parishioners and anyone who feels isolated or alone. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our healthcare workers, doctors and nurses and aides who work so hard to comfort and treat and heal. We pray especially for those who are uh, facing shortages and supplies or personnel who are having to deal on the front lines of this illness, that they will be strengthened, that they will be given the resources they need, and that their hearts may um, be loving and filled with peace as they serve their brothers and sisters. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all our government leaders at every level, that they can, with prudence and caution and common good in mind, Lead us with their policies and recommendations. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And specifically, we pray for other people involved in, in serving others during this time. We pray for our police, our EMS, and fire departments, that they will stay healthy and that they will uh, be able to be strong and safe and that God will help their families as they work extra shifts and hours. We pray for um, people that are supplying our country with food and things that we need, our supply chain, that those workers who are often being called above and beyond their duties to help keep things going in our country 
um, our military, uh, as Tommy said, our government leaders. And also we pray for teachers and uh, parents and those who maybe are having to make changes in their jobs and how they do their work, that we may all still um, maintain some uh, semblance of normalcy and that we will keep the faith and calmness and uh, help one another in our various duties and things that we are called to do. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for everyone who is taking an economic hit. Maybe they're losing hours at their jobs or their companies are closing and their income flow has been suspended or reduced. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all of our parishioners, just this great family that we have. Lord, bless them. Let them know your love and your protection and come to them and console them. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the church, the larger church in our diocese and in our state and in our world. We pray for our bishops who have to make very difficult decisions about masses and activities and keeping churches open. We pray for our priests and deacons and our religious, and we pray for our ministry staff and people involved in ministries, some of whom are having to make changes and face difficulties in how they serve others. We pray that all of us will replace fear with faith and uh, replace um, anxiety with confidence and hope. We will find new ways to serve one another and to proclaim the gospel, to evangelize, that we may all be seen as living in faith, working through love with humility and truth, and especially helping to up, lift up those who are vulnerable, who are poor, and who need the most help. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And Lord, we pray for everyone who will come to meet you, uh, no matter what the circumstances, but everyone who passes away soon, we pray that they will, that you will have mercy on their souls and forgive their sins and bring them to everlasting life. We Amen. pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and, and to the Son, and, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall, shall be, world without end. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon each and every one of you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. St. Basil the Great, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
All right, stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Pray in our Father, Hail Mary, and Glory Be while you're washing your hands to make sure you wash them long enough. And stay tuned to those government websites and our own parish website and know that we love you, we're thinking about you, and praying for you. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us.